Welcome to the Live Your Edge podcast. This is Gilbert Joy, your host. Join me as I interview world-class performers, seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, digital nomads, and those living on their edge. Basically, living on your edge means you're constantly pushing your comfort zone, always striving for new heights. And that's exactly what we do at the Live Your Edge podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Live Your Edge podcast. Today, we have Adam Pekakaro on the show with us today. Adam specializes in helping busy professionals and executives get fit. Today, we'll be speaking about his routine. How does he get into his perfect state of mind? What are some of the frameworks he uses to stay sharp, to stay focused, and to also have good habits in place. We also talk about what are the things that derail people and keep them making excuses in their lives. To put your hands together for a warm welcome for Adam. Hello everyone, welcome to the Live Your Edge podcast. I'm here with Adam Pecorero. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks. <laughs> so today, um, we're going to be talking with Adam about time management routines and his experience as helping people with fitness, especially top entrepreneurs, high-performing professionals, helping them get fit around a busy work and travel schedule. So Adam, how do you get started? Like, Why fitness, of all things, why did you decide to focus on fitness? Well, I I was overweight as a kid, like probably up until I was 12, 12 or 13, but I wasn't obese or anything. I was just like, I was overweight. I was I was severely bullied because of it. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a lot of friends because also because of that. Um, so then I was, you know, the kids are mean and they just find like anything to, to bully a kid, another kid about. So it was more like, as a result of being overweight, then I didn't have friends. And then I was bullied because I was because of that. So it was, it was just like a never ending thing. So I, I, I kind of just one day decided to just lose weight. And so I did, but it was not the healthiest way I, I used actually, I remember exactly what I used. It was uh, like the, the work of the exercise videos, like Tybo and stuff like that. It was like stuff that my mom had. And so it was um, like, all I did was cardio and, tons of cardio and I was eating almost nothing. So I was eating like, like special K or like, there's all those like basic cereals that have nothing in them. They're just a hundred calories or whatever. I, I was eating like just that. And um, yeah, I was just working out all the time, but not a real workout. I was just doing stuff on the treadmill and stuff like that. So um, I did everything wrong. And even up until high school, I, I, I'm someone who likes to throw myself into new things. So I, I started playing soccer and, and running track and I wasn't good obviously cause I was like 17. So I was, those are things you have to start when you're younger. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just tried everything that I could and I wanted to be, I wanted to have like that, like muscular body, but I, I never really did in, in middle, in, middle school or high, or high school I was never the, like the athlete or the athletic kid so um yeah I just kind of did everything wrong and I wanted to save everyone from everyone else from from any mistakes that I made so um up until like university 
even like, like my bachelor's degree, I, I think I was still not the best. I was getting better and, and cause I have a degree in exercise science. So I would, I was learning, like I learned all these things and like the science behind it and everything. So I got better and better, but I think it wasn't until I became a certified personal trainer that, that it was, it started to become more clear in like the, the, the research behind everything. I started, I started looking at the real research instead of, you know, reading blogs and YouTube videos and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like now ed just educating people, especially beginners. They're my, they're my favorite people to work with because I can train them from the ground up. Basically they, they don't know anything. They don't know any better. And so I can teach them the right way from the very beginning. So no bad habits. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody has bad habits. You're going to have, you're going to develop some, but I'd rather, I'd much rather the bad habit be, um, I don't know, like, like working out too much or like, like, uh, like eating too much of something. Like I, I'd, I mean, obviously not to where it's a problem, but it'd really be like something like that. Then like your bad habit be like, um, I'm like you cut carbs for, for absolutely no reason or like just, just random things that you hear on the news. I'd rather it be like something, <laughs> something that's like a quick and easy fix. So some people like, they like to chase, chase trends and they just hear something. Some people, everybody does this, like almost everybody, like, like excluding the fitness, people who work in the fitness industry, everybody does this. It's, it's like the instant gratification, you know, like anything you hear, you're going to, you're going to try even in business though, you know, like people, people get distracted by like chatbots or like having a website or whatever, but it's, it's like that shiny object syndrome that, that you have to fight because it's, it'll ruin your business and it'll ruin your 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 goals in fitness hmm. so what was that for you what was your shiny object when you started out i did everything i mean i i did like i said i started out with with just just doing cardio which everybody every every beginner makes that mistake um that's not what's going to get you the body that you want it's not what's going to get you i mean it, it's going to burn the calories but there's nothing you're not going to look the way that you want if you just do cardio so i i did that I did, um, I did the keto diet. I did, uh, beach body. I did P90X. I did like all every, every new thing that you can think of. I didn't do the new carnivore diet. It's not new, but, um, the, the, the carnivore diet is now coming out in the news and, and being popular, popularized on, on like Twitter and, and other platforms but i didn't do that one but I, i've done pretty much everything else so when you you tried all of these things and did any of them particularly stick with you or was it wasn't really the fact that you tried what was hot it was actually something behind it that prevented you from achieving results none did, of them stuck with me because they're just fads they're just fad diets and i think that they they don't work for the majority of the population it's it's more like disease population like populations that that need a specialized diet anyway so like for example people with epilepsy ep epilepsy they're um the the keto diet has been shown to to improve some of their um some of the the side effects and and it's just it's shown to it's been shown to improve um their conditions um in some cases but like the average the general population i it's, it's not something that's sustainable. It's something that they can like work into a busy schedule, for example. Um, so the best way that I have found and that that just is the best way for the majority of the population is a flexible 
diet, a flexible, just approach to everything, uh, to your lifestyle. So that would mean not cutting things out just because. So if you like cheesecake, for example, you can have it once a month or, or like half every other week or whatever, half a, not a half a cheesecake, half a slice, <laughs> whatever, um, whatever you want to do, just the, the point is that it's in moderation. So, so a flexible lifestyle is that you don't cut these things out. You just reduce them. So pretty much people are allowed to do what they like when it comes to eating and dieting, as long as it's in moderation, like you said, how do you train your clients to manage this? Is there a particular framework that you, you share with them when it comes to managing their, their diet? Yeah. So I get, when I, when I, when I, every time I get a new client, I create their program completely from scratch. So what I do is I, I make their workout and I do it based on what they like, based on what they've done before. So their experience, uh, what they have access to, like their, what equipment they have. Um, and then also I do their meal plan. So I don't do a full meal plan for this reason. I just do like a sample, a full day of eating sample, just a sample day. And I say, okay, so for example, if you want, um, if you want pasta instead of rice, you can substitute that out. And I, I, I kind of go through the, the process of substituting different things out, which is otherwise known as it's been popularized as uh, if it fits your macros. So your macros are carbs, fat, and protein. And so anything that theoretically, anything that, that fits, so 100 grams of rice could equal 50 grams of, of pasta, whatever, whatever the, I just made that up. I didn't look at it. So like the, the, <laughs> the point of this is that you shouldn't, you shouldn't just um, like throw things out randomly. So I wouldn't say like, Oh, just, just guess. I would say, look in my fitness pal, which is a, a fitness app. So all these things are, are in the database. So you would look, you would put in hundred grams of rice and you would put in the pasta and then you would just change it until, until the, the macronutrients became about equal. So I don't know if that makes sense, but you just replace things um, so that everything balances out at the end. Mm. That's how I like to approach things is I, I, I do like to have that sort of science behind it where, like you said, you do have the numbers for measuring you know, how much weight of this, of the rice or the pasta or how many macros you're taking. How do you apply this into other parts of your, let's say, let's, how do you apply this to other parts of your life? Let's say you apply this to your management of time or for your business how, how would that look like honestly I've, I've struggled with this for a long time but with time management um but i think i what i find to be the most effective is i i write everything down so i, I have i keep a journal and i i i think it's important to say that it's, a journal is not necessary like it, you don't need a, to go buy a leather-bound journal just because you want to have a journal like yeah, i think it's the the active writing. So if that's it, whether that's in a journal or in a word document or in your phone, in your notes app, I think that it's important to get your ideas out of your head and, and see them written down. Um, so I, I write in my journal, I make a list. I just recently downloaded a couple apps, the Pomodoro app and, uh, and Wonderlist. So I'm going to try those out. I haven't, I can't speak for those yet because I haven't tried them out, but um, I, I time block kind of, I don't, I don't, put it in like I use Google calendars, but I just, I, I put my appointments in there. So, um, the, like the time blocking that I do is more, I, I write out all the tasks that I need to do specifically like for my morning routine. And then I put 
the time in parentheses would the um, the approximate time that I think it's going to take. Um, and so, yeah, that way I can just kind of see like, okay, I have an hour to do these things and I have, it's going to take me about an hour or whatever, you know, like I try to make sure that I have enough time or at least or like more than enough time to get everything done. Hey, that's interesting. Cause I also tried the Pomodoro method, uh, a Pomodoro method where you time 20 minutes of work and then five minutes of rest and repeat and the count those as cycles. But what I found is I have a tendency, just speaking for myself, I have a tendency to wander after that initial 20 minutes. I feel like I'm getting into the zone. And then after I take that break, I'm sort of trying to get back into the zone again. So one of the things I've done is, oh, it's actually 25 minutes and, and five minutes of rest. What I've done is actually, it's called a 50-10, which is 50 minutes of, of work and then 10 minutes of rest. And I, I feel like that that has been a lot more uh, effective for me. Have you tried that before, 50 and 10? I haven't. And I, I think today will be my first my first day um, doing the 25-5. The 20, the Okay. But I think, I think it's going to be more effective for me because I, I don't have a high attention span sometimes. So I think that, that the, the 25 minutes is going to allow me to like focus. And then I, if I don't need to take the break, then I just wouldn't. I would just restart the app. So, um, yeah, I mean, whatever works for you, that's what's important is that whether it's in business or fitness or productivity, whatever works for you specifically is, is what you should be doing. There's no right way to be productive and there's no right way to to do fitness it's just whatever works for you as an individual sure i think a lot of people uh, overcomplicate the whole process they you know like you said they might have a journal and they they're trying to measure everything and maybe for the first few days week or so they they have the habit down and then you know, after a while they start to slip and i'm speaking also I have the same uh, problem as well i tried so many different methods like writing it down using apps and now I've, i realized that using spreadsheets just work better for me <laughs> and um i oh, guess for everyone well, is different yeah for me it's like um i'm obsessed with spreadsheets now and i've gone to the habit of actually i just started doing this um this, this you're probably the first person i shared with about this which is i have a I have a whiteboard in front of my bed and I write down the hat. Sorry. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what I write on it is just, it says practice fundamentals. And I write down the habits that I'm going to constantly implement every day. And I start with um, meditation on there. I got reading, got writing abundance practice and I'm also learning Mandarin. So I'm, I put that like listening to podcasts for that. So I put a, a particular number next to it in terms of how, how much time I, I spent on it. Uh, for instance, writing 500 words, reading 25 pages, etc. And I put day, the, the, which day it is. So it's day one, day zero, uh, day, day 15. And my plan is every five days, I would increase the number by increment. So you know, by day 15, it's increased a few times. And instead of reading 25 pages a day, I might be reading uh, 35, 40 by that time. So, and then I plan on documenting all of that on a spreadsheet so I can track every, every day my progress or over time, the progress. 
and of course with spreadsheets you got you can get the charts and, and all that so i don't I, I thought that was like i just wanted to share that since we're talking about you know habits and all that do you have yeah sorry go ahead no i was just wondering if if you have like a similar um similar plan or similar format that you you, you do when it comes to habits because habits is probably one of the toughest things uh, because everyone has their own way of doing it and yeah it's just a lot of trial and error I, I feel it is and and I've actually I recently started the the miracle morning which was uh it was suggested to me by by a client and so I I bought the audiobook and there's there are actually a lot of them I think there's like 10 of them um there's one specifically for entrepreneurs so I got that one um but I'm almost done with the book actually I got it I started it three days ago and I'm I think I have an hour left to listen to so but yeah I I on my whiteboard that's funny that you mentioned that because I I've had the whiteboard for five years and I think I've used it a couple just a couple times but, oh. but I, I have it uh, next to my bed also and it's uh, it actually has a wall of its own so I I wrote down on one side I wrote down my morning routine like I told you the, the with the the time that's going to take me in the parentheses, in parentheses and then I put in two columns next to it, uh, old habits and new habits. So the, the old habits, I wrote them all down, just like my worst qualities. And I wrote, I wrote next to it, like what, how to combat the old habit. So for example, I wrote uh, distraction with an arrow, one thing at a time, which is easy, but I, I like, we forget these things when we're trying, we're busy, we're trying to get things done. And I, I'll have like, as I'm talking to you, I see my, on my computer, I have, 50, 50 tabs up <laughs> and that's that's one of the most detrimental things that you can do because you're like I see click funnels up I see um like an article that I need to read I see like google uh like drive I see I see everything so like you get you have a tendency to just be like a squirrel like I mentioned before and just like do a thousand things at once which doesn't actually work um yeah so just little 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 things like that where like it's visual so I can see like okay it's like you know like the I don't know if you see, you know the graphics on Instagram like it's like are you this and it'll lead you down to yes and then you go over here and it, it'll it'll say and, and then you go under under yes and it'll say like okay do you do this and then you know like it's it's like an arrow and it it eventually points you to like an answer I don't know it's a bad way of explaining it but I that's kind of like where I'm where I'm getting at with this uh, this arrow system. Like, so, so what I, you're saying is, oh, so, sorry, uh, I just want to clarify what you're saying is on Instagram, uh, based on the algorithm and the suggestion features, they're sort of pulling you into this rabbit hole of if you like what you see here, then you might like this one. A similar no actually no. Uh, it's a it's a graphic like i don't i don't know what it's called or how to explain it better but it's like a it's an infographic so like it's it's like for example oh. um like i i know because i i speak french and so i i saw this one one time and it was like um explaining a certain conjugation so it was like um are you are you speaking to a child and you and it, you would go down to the arrow and it would say yes and so you'd be like okay so it'd be like okay is this child a prince and and you would the, the arrow is uh like pointing to no and so you'd be like okay so under that it would be like uh, uh so then you don't use this conjugate oh this is a decision tree uh, yeah okay yes yeah, see, i I'm, I'm new to <laughs> to all these things because uh, <laughs> before i was horrible time management productivity and organization um but yeah so that 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 was where i was getting at with this arrow system is 
anytime I'm, I'm like, okay, I can't focus. I would look at that, the whiteboard and then see a solution. So I would, I would then in that case, pull out the Pomodoro app and fix that. Oh, that's interesting. I never, I never heard of doing it this way. I mean, I've seen decision trees where people create them and then they have a solution for a particular thing. I actually haven't thought of actually writing down a decision tree and putting it in front of me and in real time, if I have that bad habit occur, I would take those steps to actually break the habit. And, and I, don't know, I don't know if it actually works. I'm going to try it out for me, but um, I know that James Clear is a really good resource for, for habit forming. I've, I've read some of his, I haven't read his books, but I've read some of his blog posts and, and like some of the resources that he has on his, on his website. Oh, that's interesting. It's um, replacing one, replacing a bad habit with a new habit. And I, I think that one of the, the reasons behind it is people are focused on either breaking a bad habit or making a new habit, and they don't try to do the switch uh, from the bad habit to the new one. And what ends up happening is um, the other side tends to pull back and usually that wins because it's been you know, running in your subconscious for all this time. I think it's... It, it's also something I, I wrote about in the past about actually it's coming in my, my upcoming book. It's about replacing fears with a new fear. So the, the, the thing I, I actually wrote was people think that habits or bad habits and good habits or fears and our fears are all the same, but they're actually not. Some fears are detrimental and some fears actually propel you in a certain direction. So I, I feel like, you know, switching a, a negative, maybe an, uh, something that's detrimental to your life, say a fear of, I don't know, maybe it could be public, maybe it could be public speaking. So it's like fear of speaking in public. And then you switch that fear into the fear of not getting your message out there. Like the, the fear of having something still inside of you and not being able to share it. So I, I think that sort of, transition to help someone a lot and i think in your case here with the with the habits is it's quite interesting because i never saw it that way where you can so you know, plot it out and uh use the converse of that habit or i i guess it's not just the converse it's, it's also you have like this whole roadmap of how to break out of that habit when you when you find yourself inside it right yeah exactly that that's that's yeah no for sure i it's it's i've never actually heard of the the replacing one habit from or replacing one fear with a, with another that's that's actually it sounds like <laughs> someone who doesn't know what you're talking about it sounds like counterproductive because you're like it's like replacing a one bad habit with another so like what you know that saying um but you yeah, know i've seems like it would i mean i guess a less a less of a fear would be would be better than than the current one i don't know well yeah because um I would just think of it this way. If you're going to fear something, you might as well fear. Uh, as, for me, um, an easy, easier example would be some people fear, um, you know, having to put in the work. And, and then if you take the converse of it, it could be the fear of regret, the fear of not being able to, to really do all, to give it your all. Right. And, and, one, and also another one would be a fear. One fear would be looking, fear of looking bad. And, yeah. uh, you know, the converse of that might be just fear of just holding back, right? So okay, yeah. So like fear, fear of failure could then just be fear of regret. Well, like or, or, 
Yeah, exactly. Fear of failure. So when you replace that fear, you will you will not you you will actually focus on the the so-called greater fear instead of being relegated to this much uh, weaker one or one that's really like doing damage to your life. Yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, fear of failure on the flip side, fear of failure is like, yeah, it could be fear of regret. It could be fear of not having pursued success. Yeah. So it's kind of that. And I mean, that's, of course, that's the first step. But when people say, oh, I can, I can eliminate the fear completely. Yeah. It's, it's easier said than done. Right. (laughs) Cause uh, if they, if they have have a fear of something like say spiders, that's just going to get rid of the fear by just wishing it. You might have to expose yourself to it or I don't know. I guess, or maybe find another fear, like a, a something that doesn't come around often, like snake. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing know. is, like, I, I think like some people that, that fear, uh, let's say they fear sp- spiders, they might not necessarily fear snakes. It's just, they, True, yeah. it's just like, what is it about the spider that they're afraid of? That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Or maybe they have a traumatizing experience with the sp- about spiders or something with eight legs, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I think we got, we got a bit <laughs> sidetracked a little yeah, over there. Yeah. And Sorry. Now, when it comes to, you know, managing your business and uh, you, man- you, you mentioned like, you know, click funnels. And I, I, I love to talk about systems. You know, we, we talked briefly about having a time management system, uh, having, you know, a routine for, managing your, your eating, uh, your diet. How about for your business? What, what kind of you know, systems do you have in place to make sure that your business runs, you, you run the business and the business doesn't run you? Um, actually, I've, like I mentioned before, I've been really bad about this because I've, I've, uh, I've always been kind of all over the place trying new, um, like as much as, as much as someone could be bad with their diet and, and bad with their fitness, I've been bad with like trying to, um, trying to like I'll try all these new things like like chatbots or like a like website click funnels all this stuff but um I actually just started on click funnels um I'm actually doing the the one funnel away mm-hmm. uh, challenge that I have the the one month challenge um and my my reasoning behind this is that I'm trying to build a funnel that that I can send like traffic from social media and from podcasts through um, to increase sales. And so it's not anything crazy. I'm not building a whole website. I'm just, just a landing page. And I just want it to be functional so that I can, you know, like funnel, funnel traffic through. Um, but for me, I don't need much, uh, for my, for my business to run. It's more, um, the things that I need to do, um, like creating content, being organized with that and consistent with that, because it's the most important part when people see you on a platform and they resonate with what you're saying and what you're doing, you can't just one day you can't just one week not post because they're going to be like, what I haven't, it's like, like parents with kids. Like they, you see, you see your parents every day and then just one day they're like, okay, well we're going on vacation from a week. You're like, okay, (laughs) that that, that just doesn't, doesn't really work. So you have to see them, your your audience has to see you consistently. So that was another thing that I kind of struggled with. Like on Instagram, I built my platform on Instagram and I, for some reason, just, stopped posting and so then when i came back i was like why am i getting horrible engagement it's because either the ones who really liked my content saw that i'm not on anymore and then followed me or 
they just they don't see me as uh as a trustworthy authority because i'm just kind of like posting whenever i want and doing whatever i want so i find that on linkedin now i i post every single day i respond to all comments and so it's i've built my platform up quickly i've only been on for two months and i'm starting to get regulars and people who follow me and comment all the time because it's i show up that's that's the most important part so i think for me for my business it's more um the content strategy that it's the most important got it no it makes sense yeah having having um something that works for you is important because can you easily get bogged down with uh, all the other different like you said chat bots and all of that stuff out there and uh, lose focus and I think that's the most important thing for entrepreneurs, you know, business owners, even when they are trying to, you know, stay fit while they are, you know, running around, they need to find time to focus and do the things that really matter. So for those, I mean, to, to wrap up and what do you, what do you have, like for those that have a hard time, you know, just focusing and even like getting their, their diet together. What is the first thing you would recommend someone to do? I would say stop talking about it. Cause I think that that's what keeps people stuck is telling someone, oh, I need to get my diet together or I need to get my business together. I need to do this. Just do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you, I mean, you're not going to do it on one day. So I think the most important thing is having a plan. So right. Like I said, writing things down is huge. Um, Cause you can kind of, you can, see what you actually want to do and, and, and why you want to do it. The, the, the biggest thing you, you can do is, is to know why you're doing something or why you want something. Um, and I can get into like the whole goal setting and, and all that stuff. But the most important first step is just doing something, mm. whether it's, whether it's writing something down or, or trying to eat less of something or eat more of something or whatever, whatever you, whatever you can do to get your, get the ball rolling is the most important step. Definitely. So I really appreciate it, Adam. Uh, you shared a lot of nuggets with us today. So if those that want to follow you, uh, you know, get to know you and perhaps even become a client, like where can they find you? Yeah. Thanks for having me on today. It was fun. I'm on all platforms at the fit Adam ADM and uh, on LinkedIn as well. I, I'm, if you could put it in the show notes, like they can see how to spell my name. It's kind of <laughs> a bit difficult, but it's Adam Pecorero on the, on LinkedIn. Oh, actually, sorry, I forgot. I also have, uh, how could I forget this? I have a podcast as well. Um, it's called the fittest guy in the office podcast and it's on all platforms. Got it. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, Adam. Definitely. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. You can find more episodes every Tuesday. If you haven't done so, please subscribe for more updates as they come until next time.